I will add my own greeting to that of Ami Campbell. Thank you, Ami, for acting for our liturgists. Wonderful, wonderful prayers. Uh, if you've been with us during the season of Epiphany, you know that Christine and I are preaching this sermon series called Help, Thanks, Wow, the Lord's Prayer for Our Times. We want to talk to you about prayer using two guides from two masters of prayer, Anne Lamott, who wrote this book called Help, Thanks, Wow, and then Jesus of Nazareth, who gave the world the most perfect prayer. Today, the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And the scripture passage I've chosen for us to look at comes from the Exodus story, chapter 16. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. And the Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing left over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it left over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it as much as each needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. The Israelites called this substance manna. It was like coriander seed, white and the taste of it was like wafers dipped in honey. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My family spends every August in Michigan's Leelanau Peninsula. We've been doing this for 25 years since my son was eight years old and my daughter three. My children have these three cousins who are very close to them in both age and friendship, and so the cousins come up to the Leelanau to visit us every summer. And of course, while we're there on Lake Michigan, we have many campfires on the beach watching the shooting stars, and the parents vex their children around the campfire with these riddles. A good riddle can occupy a child at a campfire for three hours until midnight. Now, they're really too old for this kind of thing, but they still, to this day, plead to honor the ancient childhood rituals, even though they know these riddles are going to drive them crazy. Every summer, as they got older and smarter, their parents were mischievous enough to make the riddles harder and harder. And one summer, this riddle occupied them for over an hour. What is greater than God, badder than the devil, rich people need it, poor people have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. Now, it took a long time, but eventually my now 28-year-old niece figured it out. She, by the way, studied neurobiology at Michigan and medicine at Case Western. What's greater than God, badder than the devil? The rich people need it, the poor people have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. While you're figuring that out, I'm going to preach you a sermon on the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Let's see if we can multitask. 
By the way, if you've heard this before or if you've figured it out, you can brag about that in the chat bar, but don't reveal the answer until the sermon's over. So I want to look with you at the four main words in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us daily bread. The first word in this fourth petition, of course, is give. It's a verb. It's kind of a pushy prayer, right? Give us bread, it says. No, please. It's kind of a a brazen prayer. Now, if my children say, Grandma, give me some bread, I would say to them, mind your manners. What do we say when we ask for something? But Jesus doesn't say please. So the first word of this petition is a verb, give, a verb, obviously, but this verb is in the imperative mood. And in fact, all of the verbs in the Lord's Prayer are in the imperative or the subjunctive moods. And in both Hebrew and in English, the imperative and the subjunctive moods are the pushy, brassy moods. They're not polite. They're not bashful. So, first, prayer's verbs are in the imperative mood. And second, prayer's pronouns are in the plural. It's not, give me mine, it's give us ours. Martin Luther said that the glory of the Christian religion is in its pronouns. And so, this fourth petition makes the Lord's Prayer a plea for the health and thriving of the entire human family. Will Willimon says that hunger is an affront to the kingdom of God. Yes, an affront to the kingdom of God, especially in a world with the technology to end hunger. And so during the last year, as we perpetually watch those, watch those literally miles-long lines at food banks in every small town and big city in America, we had two reactions, right? First, our hearts were riven that so many Americans didn't have enough to eat. And secondly, we were in awe at the thousands of volunteers and the millions of pounds of donated food. We were riven and awed. How are you doing with that riddle, by the way? What's greater than God, badder than the devil? The rich need it, the poor have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. So, prayers, every verb is in the imperative, and its pronouns are plural, and its object is modest. We just pray for enough, enough to eat for the day. And so you see the background of this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, right? When the Hebrews are lost and starving in the wilderness, somewhere between slavery in Egypt and promise in Canaan, God gives them this strange substance, which they call manna, which means, what is it? We don't know what it was. Maybe they didn't know what it was because they called it, what is it? But The Bible tells us that it was a white, flaky substance that looked like coriander seed. I went to Mariano's yesterday to get some coriander seed. I don't know if you can see this on camera, but that's coriander seed. And the Bible also tells us that when you pressed it, manna tasted like wafers dipped in honey. And so it's kind of like wheat thins, I think. A cross between coriander seed and wheat thins. That's what manna was. It was wonderful stuff, but it had terrible shelf life. It went bad in 24 hours. Nowadays, of course, food companies build long shelf life into their products so that you can live in a house for 20 years 
and then when it's time to move, you can pack up your canned goods and your macaroni and cheese with you and go to Vero Beach. So manna had terrible shelf life. It lasted 24 hours, and then the worms came. So you couldn't hoard it. You couldn't build barns and silos to store it. You couldn't trade with it. You couldn't get rich with it. And so that's what Jesus teaches us to pray for, just our daily bread, just enough, which is a hard concept for folks like us to understand, isn't it? We have so much. Sometimes we don't have is enough. Hank Aaron died on Friday at the age of 86 years. The thing about Henry Louis Aaron is that he was just as spectacular in life itself as he was in the batter's box or the outfield. His character was irreproachable and his integrity unimpeachable. I don't know where that adjective came from just now. In 1973, when Hammer and Hank was approaching Babe Ruth's record of 714 career home runs, the U.S. Postal Service tells us that Mr. Aaron received more mail than any other American who was not in political office. Much of it was hate mail. One letter read, if you come close to Babe Ruth's 714 home runs, I have a contract out for you. When you get to 700, you can consider yourself punctured with a 22 caliber shell. Another letter read, my gun is watching your every black move. And Mr. Aaron says that when he was approaching Babe Ruth's record, that should have been the finest, happiest time of his life, but it turned out to be the worst He never really recovered from it. He was shocked at how much hatred there was in our nation. His children needed a police detail to protect them. When he finally retired after 23 years, Hank Aaron had compiled 755 home runs, which, of course, puts him second on the all-time list behind Barry Bonds with 762 Right behind Hammer and Hank are Babe Ruth with 714 and Alex Rodriguez with 696. So did you notice that in that list of four all-time leaders, two of them cheated to get there? They didn't understand the concept of enough. Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bands were spectacular athletes without the drugs. How much longer would it have taken them to compile 700 home runs without the steroids? They didn't understand enough. But forget about superstars with unearthly talent. What about ordinary Americans? What about us? You know, the country has plenty of problems to keep it busy for the rest of our lives, including race and a pandemic and rancorous politics and climate change, but among those knotty problems is the issue of income inequality, right? Too much wealth piled up in too few places. The top 1% of income earners in the United States today own 20% of the total wealth in the country. The top 10% own 70% of the total wealth in the country. The bottom 25% own less than 4%. Joseph Heller, the author of the acclaimed novel Catch-22, once attended a party at the Manhattan 
apartment of a Wall Street billionaire. And when Mr. Heller's friend told him that this Wall Street person made more money in a single day trading hedge funds than Mr. Heller had made in all the years since Catch-22 had been published, Mr. Heller responded, yes, but I have one thing he will never have. I have enough. So four words to this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give. Prayer's verbs are in the imperative. Us. Prayer's pronouns are in the plural. Daily. Just enough to eat for today. And finally, bread. It's just bread that we pray for. The commonest substance on earth. A staple of daily human existence. I think every human culture we know about has figured out a way to make bread out of grain. Fourth century church father Gregory of Nyssa says, we don't pray for luxuries so that the stomach, this perpetual tax collector, this perpetual tax collector can live daintily through all of this. Cling only to what is necessary, says Gregory. Just enough. But it is necessary, and we needn't be bashful about asking God to give us our daily bread. In the name of the, oh wait. So, what is greater than God, badder than the devil? The rich people need it, the poor people have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. You figured it out, right? Nothing. Nothing is greater than God. Nothing is badder than the devil. Rich people need nothing. Poor people have nothing. And if you eat nothing, you'll die. God knows this about us and is waiting for us to pray. God, give us this day our daily bread. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.